I'm Andrew Faust. This is Permaculture Perspectives. Today I'm going to talk about feeding the world's cities with permaculture. I'm going to pull some numbers from a book I've enjoyed reading called Regenerative Cities by Herbert Gerardet. And in it, he estimates that the city of London, the present modern-day city, occupies about 160,000 hectares of land area, and that it uses 8.4 million hectares of land area to feed itself, which is somewhere around 50 times its land area. And the largest areas are for the grain for animal feed. And so the first thing with permaculture feeding of the cities of the world is going to say, let's stop feeding grain to animals that don't need to be fed grain, which is a lot of the, in particular, beef and cattle that could all be transitioned to grass-fed and hay taken off of grain, realizing that cities also are very efficient ways for human beings to occupy the Earth's surface. Well, at present, their largest problem is what we would call a broken metabolism, the broken flow of nutrients. Nutrients that are consumed within the cities are not then returned to the land in a way that is beneficial or intentional or very well thought about. So we'll look at one of the key design tools for turning cities around is turning wastes into resources, which is a very abundant yield when we start to get more surgical about that and do things like what are called source separation and get food scraps out of trash, out of landfills, and into anaerobic digesters and soil on farms surrounding cities as a nutrient cycling that makes sense instead of a broken chain. So I'll be talking more about that. So cities take up approximately 3 to 4% of the Earth's total land surface. Often they're built on what was good farmland. Uh, according to the World Bank, we actually lose about 2 million hectares of agriculture annually to salinization, erosion, and other uh, forms of what we would call mismanagement. The reason I'm bringing in that number is that we're losing 2 million hectares of land because of mismanagement every year. And it only takes 8.4 million hectares to feed the entire city of London present modern-day consumption rates and diets. Uh, so therefore, if we do a better job managing our landscapes, farming in ways that make ecological sense for water quality and soil quality, both of which, in other words, these losses to salinization and erosion are entirely preventable by doing a better job and therefore we don't, over the course of four years, lose the entire land area that feeds the city of London. So that's a problem that is easily resolved by simply paying attention, doing a better job, and reconfiguring how we farm. Farming is the foundation of civilization. 
so to salvage the hub of it, as I like to say, which are cities and urban environments in particular, we need to take these nutrients and send them back to the land and keep erosion and keep preventable problems from happening. Oxfam estimates that even today, still, 24,000 people are dying as a result every day of water and food scarcity. And yet at the same time, the Food and Agriculture Organization estimates that one-third of all of the food produced worldwide, an estimated worth $1 trillion, is lost or wasted in production, storage, and consumption. And so what this is getting at is that clearly we have an excess of this dross that nobody should be consuming but is referred to often as food by analysts of global economies. In other words, I think we do need to often step back and give that qualifier that this, well, it could be what saves people from starving, which might be the only somewhat viable way to refer to it. It is not truly nourishing. So redesigning how we grow food, what we feed animals, and having animals in particular be living on things that are coming from plants that are grown in situ and come back every year like perennial grasses and hay and tree crops like honey locusts and other rich fodder-providing plants that will supplement a grass grange where we start to bring back things like these integrated tree crops with animals. And so by changing altogether how it is that we farm, we can begin to realistically say, yes, we can feed the world's people with permaculture. And we can feed the world's cities Here's some interesting numbers to frame more of this conversation. 1760, there are 12,000 people in London. By 1850, there's 400,000 people. There are today 22 megacities of over 10 million people. In 1950, there's none. In 1975, there's five. By the year 2000, there's 19. Of these 19, 16 of them are in developing countries. Tokyo has one of the most populous metropolitan areas with about 37 million people living in it. So when we look at these high-density human settlements that are called cities and urban environments, we need to look at what do people like the UN say, for instance. they I've been looking at a document that they did called a Sustainable Policy Advisory, in which they're stating that all energy systems in cities should be decentralized and renewable. And so if we begin to pay attention to taking wastes and turning them into resources by source separating them surgically and beginning to 
systemically look at our cityscapes and ask questions on a block-by-block basis. Where can we retrofit this infrastructure and take things like food scraps from restaurants, from coffee shops, from juice bars, from community gardens, from people's kitchens where there's drop-off areas, and turn it into energy, turn it into soil, turn it into jobs, turn it into hot water. All of these technologies are widely available, well understood, and largely unaccessed by the American public. And that has to do with an overemphasis on fossil fuels, mined, extracted, and refined materials for where we get the stuff that we're eating from. For instance, the FAO estimates 10 fossil fuel calories of energy to just one calorie of food that is consumed in the average U.S. diet. The U.N. estimated further in this analysis that Americans use about the equivalent in energy and fossil fuel consumption to power their homes as they do to power the fossil fuel oil slick of their diets, which is, of course, also contaminating waterways. So by beginning to get toxic chemicals out of agriculture and design farms to actually be something that looks more like a mini ecosystem, not farms that have single function yields, but farms that actually have animals and trees and annuals and vegetables and cereal crops and often have some sort of interesting retail or community function as well. Farms of this nature are going to be what we see more of in the future as we really create resilient economies for the foundation of our civilization to stand strongly upon. And as we begin to see what this can look like, we realize we really need, as the UN also recommends, regional plans. We need to scale up our thinking about a decentralized infrastructure for the entire Northeastern Corridor that involves robust initiatives for increased rail, improving technology around railroad systems throughout the Northeast is critical to the advancement of our economy and our society here and the improvement of our quality of life, decreasing our dependence on tractor trailers, diesel-powered Transportation modes of all sorts need to be phased out, eliminated, and replaced with electric, renewable, more intelligent designs that are integrated and, where possible and appropriate, making use of waste streams as an energy source and as a way to bring nutrients back onto the land and improve the yields of our farm economies that are feeding these high-density urban environments. Cities can be a beneficial metabolic organism in their surrounding ecology when they are returning the nutrients in forms that have been not combined with other waste loads that can end up contaminating soil but kept separate from them, which is a very straightforward process of beginning to retrofit, retool, redesign, and reconfigure 
how it is that we're moving these materials around in our urban environments with a lot more usage of bicycle systems that are very well engineered with excellent lightweight trailers as well as tipping systems and having well thought out transfer stations and taking things like community borough groups in New York City and using them as a pattern for thinking about how to handle organics in New York, where we have 20 million people in the greater metropolitan area, and a lot of political will and interest in getting these organics out of trash, which is one of the biggest leverage points to begin to take cityscapes and the consumption that is happening in these cities and have it become something that is restorative by returning those nutrients back to the land rather than degenerative. And that process of taking a downward spiral and turning it into an upward spiral is part of the process of permaculture design as we see it manifesting in the urban environment. Thanks for listening today. Hope those gave you some insights into how we can feed the people of the world in these cityscapes. And I'll be expanding more on these themes in the next few broadcasts.